This episode of Back in the Cool Day podcast is brought to you by Ernie Ball Cutlery. Bring the metal of your favorite guitar strings into the kitchen with Ernie Ball's recycled guitar string cutlery. Slice through those veggies like it's a pentatonic scale as you meal prep your way to mealtime harmony with Ernie Ball Cutlery. Use promo code COOLDAY for 20% off your first order. Alexa, play Blink-182. Welcome to Back in the Cool Day podcast, a podcast where pals who grew up in the scene together discuss music and memories. I am Blake. And I am Eric. And we are excited to be back for our first episode of season two. So we had a killer season one, took a little bit of break over the holidays, and now we are back at it. So, Yeah, we have a great episode two to come back swinging, you know? Yes, sir. We would like to welcome back to the podcast, our friend Matt Brash, who is from the Wonder Years. What's going on, dude? How are you? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me back. For sure, for sure. Heck yeah. Always looking for ways to get you back on, so. All you got to do it. is ask, and I'm here, man. <laughs> it's not that hard. Apparently, it's really easy. We just asked, and you came. And that is what happened, so that's great. Oh, so how was y'all's holidays? I know it's been a, it's been a minute. Yeah, it was good. It was great seeing uh, a little bit of family and uh, ate a lot of cookies and junk food and just kind of relaxed. For sure. For sure. Were you, you were back home for the holidays? Yeah, I was back home. Didn't really do too much. Just had like immediate family over for Christmas Eve and then did a nice, couple nice. little things. Did you host at your house? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, awesome dude. Heck was yeah. this the first time as like an adult you hosted? No, um, ever since I've been at the house. So we've been doing it for the past four or five years. Oh, that's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah. So, so it's veteran. Been nice. Yeah, we do Christmas Eve here and then we usually do like, we alternate holidays with... Um, Either my parents or Ashley's parents, and we go back and forth. So that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's a good house to host in too. Any family traditions that you all do? Uh, we usually have like uh, a game night around Christmas. So like Christmas is usually like a week of activities for us. We'll do you know Christmas Eve at my house. We'll go somewhere for Christmas Day, and then like the next two three days, it's usually the same groups of people, but we'll just have like game nights or extra nights to get rid of all the uh, leftover food and whatnot. There you go. Yeah. There's always leftovers for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. So yeah, cool. I was back up in Pennsylvania. It was nice to be back. Um, hung with family. Same. It was good. We avoided the the plane. Like the day after we flew out, like all the planes got canceled. and Oh, yeah. I remember. All the yeah, planes dude. got canceled, everything. So it, we were like very lucky that we just were in the perfect time to, to avoid We didn't that. experience anything either. Like, we flew up to Cleveland, flew back right after Christmas, and then, like, a day later flew to Pennsylvania, and then back. And we didn't hit one delay or anything, which we've been hitting delays, like, all the time recently. Yeah, you guys locked so out. Was, yeah, yeah I don't sure. know what happened. And, in fact, both air or like the airports were, like, dead. Like, there was nobody there, so I don't know what. No, wow. We just slid under the radar, but... It was wild. Yeah, they were packed where I was, but yeah, we lucked out there. So cool. Oh wow, good. Excellent, excellent. So to start things off, we're gonna kind of like break order a little, do a little bit of a different order. So we're gonna start off 
with a songs from your way message bit. And Matt, would you like to tease? I mean, it's in the show description, so it's not that much of a surprise. <laughs> in the <but> title. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to let the people know uh, the what we're doing out this time? Yeah. Honestly, I was kind of boring, man. I didn't really like do the away message thing that much. I kind of just like logged off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I can't really, I mean, I'm sure I used away messages at some point or another, but I really can't remember like anything that I put up. That's funny. sorry to be boring. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. But we're going to be doing uh blink 182 enema of the state as our album that we are going to reminisce on. So yeah. gentlemen, what, what are our thoughts here? Let's dive oh, in. Man. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I love this record growing up. It was just definitely like one of those um, those ones that really hit. You know what I mean? I was like in middle school. Yes. And the songs were so catchy and like lyrically pretty goofy for the most part. I mean, there's some serious songs, but there was definitely a lot of that uh, teenage angst in the songs. And um, sure. it just hit at the right time. And it's the first record where Travis Barker was playing drums for the band. So mm. the drummer myself, I was just like blown away by his playing. And that really captured my eye. Yeah, it was like the first time I remember hearing a drummer like just kind of do what they want, like or like not really fit in the pocket, like like even just during some of the choruses. Actually, sometimes it bothers me a little bit where it's just like just play the beat. But yeah, like sometimes like he, it's a little busy. I get what you're saying, but yeah, he he definitely yeah, yeah. adds a lot to. Like being a three piece, you know, there's a lot of space to fill, right. which is nice. Yeah, if it was no like doubt. a four or five piece, to be like, what are you doing, dude? There's other instruments <laughs> yeah. here. Do you think he took them to the next level? I think so. Um, I mean, I'm sure just based on the songwriting alone, um, these songs are, I think, better than the ones they had in the past. Like, I liked Dude Ranch and the stuff before, but, I mean, the production on this album and the songs just, like, are next level. So I think they definitely would have, like, stepped up. But I think with him behind the kit, it definitely pushed them the next, next level. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for 100%. sure. You mentioned Dude Ranch. The only, well, I shouldn't say the only, but one of the biggest regrets I have is like we, when I was playing music, we had this plan to play this cover, uh, like cover song show that we never, that like never ended up happening. But I always wanted to cover Josie by Blink-182 and then it, it, it never happened. Aww. So that's still something. Every time I listen to that, I'm like, oh man, I really want to do this. could have been somebody. <laughs> now you got to start another tribute band and do it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Yeah, yeah Wonder Years actually did a Blink-182 cover set um, over the pandemic. We always do like a Halloween show. Ooh, and that's we'll usually, cool. We'll usually cover a band, we'll play a set, and then we'll come back and we'll do a full set of our own songs. So we actually split up into two Blink-182 groups. Uh, it was like me, Josh, and Kennedy as one, and then Soupy, um, Nick, and Casey is the other, and we each. Oh, that's five cool, songs. man. Yeah, that's awesome. Dang, who did Battle a better job of the band? No Who's comment. A better team? No, I, I think everybody, <laughs> everybody killed it. Everyone did their homework. You know, we we all know the songs inside out, so it was yeah. a lot of fun. So it was You're equitable. Playing fast. <laughs> yeah, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I was a little. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I was a little disappointed to remember that uh, "Stay Together for the Kids" is not on. Enema of the State. Yeah, I think that's... Is that a <laughs> I was like, that's my favorite song on the album. And I was yeah, like, I that's think not on... the right album. Because that's my favorite Blink-182 song, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I love that chorus. But I will say that my favorite song on the album is Adam's Song. And I think that's because it, it has a pretty similar feel to um, to that song. Like, it, like I, lo- I really like Mark's voice in the verses. Um, mm-hmm. And then 
kind of just how it like drops in and gets real heavy during the course. The the way they panned guitars, I feel was pretty innovative at the time. Like, oh it, yeah, how it's like everything's like pretty pretty still, uh, in during the verses, and the chorus is just yeah. like everything widens out, and then uh, it just sounds so huge. Yeah, it does. And speaking of Adam's song, that was Matt. You had mentioned how like everything is so goofy, and I know like I remember. You know, as I listen back to this, I mean, there's like jokes about like diarrhea and like <laughs> innuendos about like mothers and stuff like that. And then I was like, and then like just flat in the middle, there's Adam's song. It's like, man, like they, they had a good balance of like the goofiness, but also having heart and, and you know, like emotion yeah. to it. And um, oh, for I sure. Thought, and yeah. I know you're you're talking about Travis Barker, like potentially taking things to the next level and all that. And I think this song, not only just like the drums, but uh. The songwriting, the dynamics, and everything, I think, was a really great song to lead them into the next record. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like they really started taking advantage of dynamics a lot more as the years went on. And um, yeah, I think this is probably the most forward-thinking song on the record. For sure. I mean, it was definitely the most mature. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was a big fan of Don't Leave Me. Like, I, I, th- I love that. I was that good yeah. I, I think that one's a great one. Uh, I have a question for you about this. Like, as we run through and listen to it back... If this album was released today, would they get a lot of for it not being PC? I I, I don't know. It's hard to say because I mean, it obviously, isn't released now. But um, uh. but yeah, when I listened back, there were definitely like a few lyrics where I was like, oh, this is a little questionable. But <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, but with that being said, yeah, sometimes it is sure. hard to compare things in a different time period because it's a different time period. You just can't yeah, always you, you know compare more, apples like to culture. apples, you know. Yeah, the for cultures, sure. Cultures like become a little more aware of of discrepancies yeah. of like thought and stuff. So yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. definitely definitely some lines that made me cringe a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I haven't I seen that play live in a long time, but I wonder too. if they uh, I wonder if they changed some of the lyrics live. I don't know. That'd be curious. Oh, do yeah. they play anymore? Do they play any like as as this three like as this I trio so, anymore? Sometimes. No, it's uh, instead of Tom Matt Skibo's playing. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Um, really. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom yeah. was doing his uh, alien stuff. Yeah, Tom left the band. I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been quite a few releases. It's been like two or three releases with uh, Matt Skiba on vocals and guitar. Wow, yeah, I did not know that. Anything. Yeah, he's a big, um, big about like alien truths, which is kind of interesting. I, I have on my notes here that that the song "Aliens Exist" is about like, <laughs> exactly his, belief in aliens yeah like, um, i think he's got a thing called uh to the stars academy if i remember right i'm not uh, i'm not exactly sure what you know that all entails but i don't know yeah. i know he's, he's got something to do with some internal workings with the government and whatnot in his own company so yeah yeah <laughs> i know he is i know yeah uh, that could be a whole Why episode not? where we dive into tom DeLong's alien conspiracies well i shouldn't say conspiracies because yeah. We don't know. Who knows? We don't know if it's conspiracy. (laughs) I I would venture to say that there's aliens, but there's got to be. I mean, there's got to be. We're the only beings in the universe. I don't know. Uh, It's pretty big, you know. Yeah. Even even the smallest game. Yeah, neither do I. But even like the (laughs) smallest one cell organism that would be like on another planet would be considered technically an alien, right? So it doesn't even need to be like intelligent life. But at the very least, there's like a little slug somewhere on some planet that's like chilling in deep space. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, it has this Blink-182 song written around them. I certainly don't have enough proof to say otherwise. So I'm just going to stay out <laughs> of it until I know Groot better. 
That's fair. It's kind of how, where I land on everything at this point. Mm-hmm. So when you got Matt, you had said this came out in middle school. I remember it coming out in middle school as well. Did you uh, what? Did you go out to the store, grab this? Did you just kind of listen to it at a friend's house? What was your your exposure to to the record? Well, I had known about Blink One Eighty Two from their release before Dude Ranch. So I was already a fan. So I was really looking forward to this record coming out. And um, I think I picked it up, if not the day it came out, like the week it came out. Like I was really excited about the release. And I remember being um, so into all the music videos on MTV. Like that was like MTV's like prime with TRL and all that. So I remember seeing the music video for What's My Age Again and all that. And I think that kind of like... Really Slay. hyped up the release a lot too, dude. MTV hyped them up big time. I remember they mm-hmm. were on all the time. I remember there was like a special on MTV that they did about Blink One Eighty Two, and weren't they just like? I remember hearing a story originally they were just Blink, right? I think so. I don't know all the the full history, but and then they had to add they added the One Eighty Two because there's another band band already called Blink, um, and I remember like they went to their high school and stuff like that, and there was this cool, I guess like mini documentary that they did, and then I remember Carson Daly. I remember watching TRL and they played like live. And the one time he like after they were done playing, he was like talking to me. He's like, "You guys are getting really good live." And they're just kind of like looked at him. He's just like, "What?" So like, that stuff feels like a backward <laughs> yeah compliment right there. But uh, and I'll never forget that because he was just like really complimentary. And they just kind of looked at him like, "Dude, what's the f- man? Like, why are you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I saw on TRL right now. Yeah, I think MTV also did some kind of um, documentary on. I can't remember if it was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket or if it was the Untitled record, but they did like a making of kind of thing because I know Blink rented out like a, a house and they did the record in the house and had like a video crew the whole time okay. they were there. Oh, that's awesome. So I remember watching it a while ago, but I just can't remember which record it was. That's what, one of the things I was going to mention is just sonically how awesome that album is. Like Jerry Finn, rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I love the way the vocals are mixed in, especially Tom's vocals. I mean, I think they're both awesome, but... I've always really whatever the producers do with Tom's voice, I think they double they double his voice a lot, but just the way it it feels almost like an instrument. Like it it just feels more than a voice. I don't know. It's it's crazy how they use it cuz it's like not like quote unquote good, but it's it like there's works, a lot of there's you know a lot of saying? character to it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And he's got like such a unique voice that um I think that plays a lot into it too. It's not just like and your everyday run in the mill voice. Like he's I doing agree. his own thing. He's one of those really cool. singers that know his voice too. Like, yeah. like he just knows what range to sing in with his voice. And that's something that I've always had a, a, like a struggle with my own music is like finding where my voice fits the best. Mm-hmm. And people like him, like they're, you know, how old was he when he recorded this album? 19, 18 years old? I think they and were they like, probably in their like early mid 20s at this point. Oh, for real? They're that old? Yeah, now. I think so. Yeah, they're like. I mean, I don't know how old they are now, but I mean, what's my AGN is 20. Mark's talking about being 23 in the song. So I don't oh, know yeah, if that's, they, I mean, I would assume by the time it released, you know, 24, 25. But I think still like just I think Mark's like a, older than them, too. That could be a thing, Mark, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mm. I, I thought so. Yeah. It's just like his he always his, his voice is always like consistent in every song he sings on it feels like i haven't heard yeah. any of his newer music but but in blink it just it's yeah it's so it it is like it, there's nobody else sings like him mm-hmm. it, it just it's always like consistent and good for yeah. sure i remember when i went and got this i had i was like what was the deal with it um parental advisory how old did you do you remember how old you had to be when you had to, to buy them was it 16 or something 
I don't remember, but I remember it being an issue when I was going to buy um, Dude Ranch, but not because the store wouldn't let me buy it, but my mom was like, she was looking at some of the titles on there. She was like, Dick Clips? Yeah. I don't know about that song title. And I think it had the parental advisor sticker, but I I remember. I think it was 18 maybe, but I don't know who actually enforced it. I don't know if it was 18, but I remember like we, I went to Montgomery Mall. Somehow I had a ride there where I like, you know, snuck away long enough to just like buy a couple CDs and like hide them in my pocket. But I rem- like for my parents, but I remember buying this and like having to like it, when I had it in my room, I turned the the, the it, sleeve the, like inside out because yeah. it has the adult the adult star on on the cover uh-huh. and everything. Uh, and I didn't want my parents to find it, so I turned it like inside out and put it back so so I wouldn't get Dang. in trouble for it. But I remember got I a hook up at Fye. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, somehow I got it for the wall. Like, if you want to go way back, yeah. yeah. The wall. Yeah. But I remember getting this record, and then uh, embarrassingly enough, I got uh, that Kid Rock album that had like Ball with the Ball on it or whatever. And <laughs> uh-huh. these, these are the two that I brought home. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Dude, it's all right. Uh, I mean, back then it was like, yeah, you know, like you just buy whatever you want. And there's just like, I mean, at that age, the stuff you're hearing is mainly things you're hearing on the radio. So you're just like, you're just, just figuring rocks, it out. Dude. Especially yeah, when you're moving from like audio adrenaline and DC talk. I mean, yeah. Kid Rock like, something. I was listening to Carmen and then I got some, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Carmen live and then. Uh, brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Ugh, but so funny. many, so it's like wild to go back and look at the hits that they had on this. You know, What's My Age Again, Adam's Song, All the Small I mean, It's like things. five. There's like uh, five songs on this that are continually played on the radio. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the biggest the biggest ones are probably What's Mage Again and All the Small Things, I would guess. I mean, Adam's song was pretty big, but yeah, I remember the other two hearing them on the radio more often. But Yeah. I I love Dysentery Gary. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the drum beat in that song, I remember that being insane. Yeah, and I love the chorus. I feel like that Tom does a really good job in that chorus, which is like, life just sucks. I yeah. lost the one. Oh, it's so good. Mm. And then the whole like girls are such a drag thing like that was a big I, I could identify that when I was <laughs> in middle school you know oh, yeah. <laughs> dude such a drag <laughs> uh, what about you Eric how did this what was this record like for you yeah I mean I think I honestly like the hits are the songs that I like know the most it wasn't like a front to back album that I listened to all the time mm. like I said my favorite song from the album isn't even on the album apparently <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, Adam's song is definitely just my favorite one on the album. I think that I that actually agree. is a that is a contender with uh, "Stay Together for the Kids" too. Like as far as my favorite song by them, so I, I think that my, Mark's voice does something for me. There's uh, I just like how raw it is, mm. but then just how like how fun that song is, but also how deep it is. Like it's not like you like you said like compared to a lot of the other songs, like they're kind of they. I mean, honestly, they do have somewhat. Like, it's not all just, like, gross, like, immaturity. Like, even within the songs that have, like, immature, like, diarrhea stuff in it, like, there's still deep themes and stuff. Like, it is, I would say that, um, yeah, it's it's not, like, a very surfaced album. There was a lot of thought that that was put into a lot of it. For sure. But, yeah, Adam's song kind of feels like the, like, like you were saying, like, kind of a step in the right direction of where they would end up being, like, a little more serious of a band. And yeah. I really liked um, Wendy Clear a lot too. I know that song wasn't like one of the the main hits or anything, but I always remember just liking mm-hmm. that one. Lyrics are like yeah. pretty relatable, and like the drums are fun and interesting. The guitar riffs like really chill and definitely fits like the feel of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the the sound of this album is so like introductory of like two thousands music. 
Yeah, oh, and sure. I like that they introduced Organ on uh, Wendy Wendy Clear too, because I feel like Ooh, yeah. they weren't so much doing like the whole lot of like added background instrument stuff on a lot of their uh, other releases, but as time went on, they started you know introducing more layers and uh, icing on the cake, you know. For sure. Yeah. This very much was like, when you say reminiscent of that early thousands, I mean, like, think about how many bands, like, that's kind of skate punk, skate pop punk sound mm-hmm. was influenced by Blink-Wade too. I mean, I, like, I was listening to this, and then I had recently been listening to the, some, some Sum 41, and they're just, like, mm-hmm. so parallel. I mean, there's so many similarities. Yeah. So, um, I remember I used to listen to this album start to finish all the time. I used to walk home to walk to and from middle school. And I used to, on my walk home, I used to listen to this all the time. Yeah. On your, yeah. your disc, man, I'm sure before. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, MP3s. Yeah. And then it was, scratched yeah. it when I, I squeezed it a little too. I put it in my pocket and like squeeze it a little bit to make scratch the disc yeah. or you shake right. the disc man too much. Start skipping. It's, yeah. Skipping dude. Oh my goodness. Kids these days have no idea what we have to go through. <laughs> We're, spoiled. We're really dating ourselves for sure. That's all right, man. It is what it is at this point. <laughs> it's over, man. It's all over. There's not. There's nothing to try to prove anymore. Actually, yeah, for Matt, there kind of is because. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. I'm just doing my own thing, man. Dude, Either get behind yeah. it or don't. You know. Hey, man. That's good it. for you. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of which, do we have any other thoughts on this before we pivot to getting behind Matt in a non? weird way (laughs) rearing matt into the next segment any any thoughts on any other thoughts on this record i mean that pretty much hits it for me it's definitely like a nostalgic kind of thing like like we were talking about earlier like there's not like a crazy amount of lyrics that i like fully remember being like super deep i mean there's there's a couple lyrics here and there but like i just remember Mm -hmm. the whole just like feel and attitude of the record being what drew me to blink 182 and um just definitely brings me back to the time where i started playing guitar and drums and just learning these songs on guitar and drums in my bedroom is just like such a uh fun and formative experience (laughs) oh yeah and i'm still doing that to this day so yeah that is something with that style of music like just the kind of attainability for like a young musician like learn a blink 182 song and it's not that it's like super easy music to play like you can simplify it and make it really easy but but i think that that was a layer too for us like musicians that were actually like trying yeah, to learn how to it's play a good an instrument. starting point right you know you learn yeah. a, a bar chord and you can mm-hmm. pretty much figure out at least like the uh the basics of a blink 182 song obviously you might not be able to play like every riff but you can play along to the songs and then like you know once you start getting more confident you start learning yeah. the riffs and then you move on to some more intricate stuff it forced me to use my pinky you know, yep. like oh, I would always try to yeah. avoid it. And I was like, I can't do it. I got to use my pinky. So Dude, I never I got people that, that did learning. power chords with like two fingers. I could never, it just hurt so bad after the first, like twice mm. through a measure. I still people see mm-hmm. people doing that though. It's like that, that formation of just kind of like that. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it if I'm going for a full, like major bar chord, but Right, right. Yeah, if I'm just doing like a power chord, now nah, I got to go three fingers on that. <laughs> three finger power chord, baby. Right, Bring the let's, power. let's pivot Bring then. The power. We're excited to, uh, yes. to talk about Matt's new solo EP. We just love having him on anyway, but we also wanted to uh, give him a chance to talk about his new album. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, so it's solo EP, re- wrote, recorded all by Matt during the pandemic. Uh, it's called Days, Months, Years, Blood, Sweat, Tears. It's fantastic, Matt. 
We haven't yeah, we haven't yeah, said anything that. to Matt yet uh, because we yeah. didn't want to ruin it. But we're keeping our cards, our, our review <laughs> tight to the chest before we revealed it. So when it, well, honestly, like that, when yeah. I first heard that first song, it like it. I don't know what it did. It just like hit me. I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. Like I mean, yeah. I always have faith in your songwriting and your recording abilities, but it. I don't know. That just, it took me that starting with just the drums and like a simple guitar part just like really took me back, like kind of rem- reminiscent of Jimmy Eat World, maybe a little bit or yeah, definitely not, huge not inspiration to compare, for but no, yeah, that's, but I mean, I'll just, take that as a, a compliment any day of the week. Like I, I love that band. They've always been a huge inspiration to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, dude, um, you're, you're so nice and kind and you are incredibly talented and you are like, I appreciate not, that. You're not braggadocious about it. Like you are a humble guy. And the fact that you wrote, recorded all of this, all of the instruments, everything is uh, a massive accomplishment. So kudos to you for that. Mm-hmm. I know we, we haven't, we haven't really said much about it yet because we wanted to have an authentic opportunity to, to lush with you over it. But dude, this is mm-hmm. cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. It was definitely a, a labor of love for sure. Definitely a lot of, uh, learning parts relearning parts learning other parts forgetting other things coming back to it and you know it's a a cycle of constantly uh relearning and retracking and you know yeah. uh, getting different tones and just like redoing things a million times but it was definitely worth it in the end how long i know this isn't a question that we we asked you like showed you before but it just popped in on how long did this take from like when you first had this idea or did you just have song like talk about the origin of this and how you came up. Uh, So I I can't really give you like a quantified number on it because the way that I write songs is, uh, or the way that I had been writing songs at the time was like, I was writing demos for new wonder years record, which are usually like instrumental things. And uh, I was kind of bouncing back and forth in between that stuff. Some songs I was working on for other artists and then doing these songs as well. So with bouncing back and forth, it was really hard to figure out exactly how much time because it wasn't like a straight through kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you. But I will say that um, all the songs that I recorded for this EP were intended for this EP. They weren't like songs that I wrote for the Wonder Years and then Mm. brought back and used for this or something. It was, you know, uh, the the way I tend to write, at least for this release, is I wanted to do everything with lyrics and... um, song structure all at the same time that's cool mm-hmm. so basically i would write the whole record on acoustic guitar and vocals and then i would um do scratch tracks into uh the uh recording program i use called logic and uh basically after that was in there i would just write all the instrumentation around all the core vocal and uh, rhythm guitar elements and then um very cool i would just rewrite that a million times and then i uh would program the drums in logic uh i have like a a midi um controller that i would like finger drum on nice yeah mm. so that way i always do it midi first that way it's like if i ever want to change anything it's super easy to shift stuff around whether it be a kick drum or a snare drum or just rewrite mm-hmm. the beat and it's super quick but yeah, yeah so i cool. would write the song going back and forth between all the different instruments no uh rhyme or reason to an order just kind of one thing would inspire another thing and i would keep developing on thoughts and then once it felt finished i would retrack everything with um the right tones i was looking for in my brain and um yep. i actually recorded drums last for the cp really that's what most people do 
but yeah 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 when you're writing by yourself though it, it does require a kind of a different way of doing things like i i typically always track drums first yeah i usually do too but i just wanted to switch it up but sometimes i'll i'll track drums first and then by the end of the you know i'm not fully ri- i haven't fully written the song by the end of writing the song i really want to redo the drums because there's all those little nuanced parts that you ended up writing yeah, so that's that's awesome. I was gonna ask you, right, and then like, you want to catch all the different accents and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you like separate what songs you're writing for which band? Because you have Cold Climate, you have your solo stuff, you have the Wonder Years. Like, do you as soon as you start writing a song, is it just like, oh, this is gonna be good for this, or do you write the whole song and then you decide this is probably better? I know you said for this you just wrote for your solo stuff, but yeah. So every band's got a little bit of a different process. But um, with Wonder Years, the stuff that I bring to the band, I usually just write instrumentally. So I don't bring any vocal lines. I don't bring any lyrics to the, uh, you know, to the band because I want Dan to have mm-hmm. like full reign of um, creativity on what he wants to do with it or what he's hearing. I don't want him to like hear something that I've done and then he can't get that out of his brain or, or right. whatever the case may be. But yeah, I, I generally have like an idea of what I want to do for Wonder Years, and I'll write. 15 20 riffs or full-fledged songs minus vocals wow for a release and you know maybe a couple songs will make it couple won't and even the ones that do make it get rewritten a million times with the band you know that that's sure the, that's the cool thing about wonder years and cold climate like even if i have an idea or somebody else has an idea that they bring to the project it doesn't become a full-fledged um song until everybody's had input on it and like brings their um skill sets and ideas to the table Mm. which is great because some of the stuff i write i you know i i enjoy what i do but it doesn't always feel complete and then when somebody else that's better at playing bass guitar or can actually play lead guitar well and has good ideas with that will come and put their flavor on it it just like really makes the project happen which is why writing solo like writing recording uh, producing all yourself, I call it the doctorate program. It's <laughs> oh like, yeah, it's 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 a labor of love, man. Like just the bouncing back and forth, and like the the focus alone was the thing that was hard for me because it's like you got to put different caps on. It's like when you're you're writing, mm-hmm. you don't want to be thinking too much about the production. Like you want to have an idea what you want to do, but like you just got to take one step at a time. And then when you're yep. producing, it's tough because you're like you're thinking about all the tones, but at the end of the day, you're just like. Well, I got to think about the performances too because I'm definitely the artist yeah. working as well. So it's it's a lot to take in, but and, and it's a lot of just like out, man. Just yeah, I, was yeah, I talk about it a lot on the record. So how does yeah. it how did it compare as you were get, like getting ready to release this? How did it feel leading up to releasing this compared to like a Wonder Years album? Mm. You know, there, there is that always that element of doubt and uncertainty. You know, I, I'm really proud of what I did, and I'm really happy with how the songs came out. But I only really Me showed too. them to a very small group of people that I trust as musicians or, um, you know, music advocates or people who just like, you know, have similar taste in music that I do. So it's it's cool to reach out to those people and. I have a lot of friends that are super honest with me too that are also producers or um, are songwriters themselves. So I'm like, you know, I want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. Like, give me everything because, like, if I'm hearing only good things about the songs, it's, it's hard to improve what I'm doing. Like, sometimes it's not easy to hear someone say, like, I think you could, like, you kind of missed here. Maybe you can, like, try to build this part up, make it a little stronger. But 
that's the kind of input I'm always looking for. Nice. And you'd rather hear one person say it than like everybody think it when they hear your album. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, not, not that everybody's as critical as your like producer friends, but still, it's like you kind of want that feedback up front. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, other than those few people that I had listened to it, it's it's a little uh, nerve wracking because you're just like, I mean, I like it, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm me. I wrote the whole thing. Right. I had the idea yeah. for the thing just because I like it. It doesn't mean that it's good. Sure. You know what I mean? But uh, with Wonder Years, it's always nice because we have, you know, there's six of us. So it's like we're always bouncing ideas off one another and like not. I mean, it's pretty much a democracy, you know, at least it's majority rules in a lot of the situation. So it's like if we're bouncing ideas off of each other and a lot of people are like, I don't know, then it's probably not good. Mm. Yeah. So at least you have that kind of reassurance beforehand that it's gone through five other people. Yeah. One of the things, as I started listening, is the first track the next few weeks has a lot of really cool references to technology and kind of like this era that we have all been living in the last few years. In a really tasteful way, too, I want to say that. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, because sometimes like people talk about, like, in songs, like, texting or technology, like, aspects of technology come up in songs, and you're like, this is kind of like, like, it sounds like a Kesha <laughs> right, like thing. it's it's really hard to talk about those things, but still try to make it almost like I'm not going to say it's like a timeless song or something like that, but yeah. you want it to have like more than just a present mm-hmm. in the year 2022 relevance. You know what I mean? Right. You want it to right. like make sure it stays relevant. And I thought you did an awesome job of very poetically bringing these things, these these elements of you know, I I don't think the lyrics are out there, or at least I didn't see them to read over but i remember hearing you know things like you know i'm tired of just seeing you across the screen it's even for a minute if we could see you in real life like i'm sure you know them off the top of your head so you can um kind of correct me here where i'm at but i thought like you you're able to bring so much humanity into like the experience of living or or the struggles or or just this experience of kind of like living remotely these years Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about like how what that writing process was and yeah of course how you kind of got there with that did you have to go back did you like this wasn't working or yeah so a lot of the way i write lyrics is i'll have um i'll try to write everything at least with like phrasing in mind and things like that and uh structurally have everything where it needs to be and then i'll end up rewriting it like a million times so i'll i'll kind of write everything out like i'll have like a thesis like you would write for a paper or you know you know or topic sentence or whatever for the chorus and then I'll kind of have ideas and sometimes I'll just like mumble things as I'm playing just to have like a, a filler kind of thing or it'll be lyrics that I know aren't going to stay but kind of like are saying what I want to say. And then I'll just mm-hmm. kind of like be laying in bed when I can't sleep and I'll be thinking about it. And a lot of times that's when I'm writing stuff because my mind's just yeah. like wandering and that's when ideas pop into my head. Yeah, my problem is I do that same thing, and then I'm like, I'll remember it in the morning. I never do. I (laughs) never remember it. Yeah, I was... I gotta get better at that. I was just uh, (laughs) right uh, in the notes section in my uh, my phone. phone. Yeah, Yeah, because I never keep, like, a tablet next to the bed. I'm like, damn it, should have did that. (laughs) But it still works out. But yeah, the lyric you were talking about earlier was, uh, we keep in touch through texting, and the stories on our feeds, I'd rather see you in the flesh instead of 9 by 16 yeah. Nine, so, yes, that's right. The, nine by, the Instagram. The, like it's a the, ratio. It's a ratio. Right. That's what. Yeah, that pixel. That pixel ratio. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. clever, witty, poetic. I, I, I thought this was really cool. Uh, how um, you did yeah. That. And uh, and and you had said 
I guess, you know, the notes that we have here, you mentioned maybe on Instagram or, or online or something that these songs were birthed out of like the experience that you were having by your, you know, your, your livelihood in the industry that you work in being shut down. Can you kind of talk about like the the feelings that you had that led to these lyrics and and this song? For sure. I mean, like everybody in 2020 and beginning of 2021 and the music industry was having a really tough time, especially if you worked in like the live music industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shows weren't happening. And then when they would happen, a lot of them would get canceled. So everybody's just kind of in this limbo all the time of like, am I going to work? Am I not going to work? Am I going to go on tour? Am I going to have to come home because things are canceled? So that was really stressful and just being home and not being able to do the thing that I feel I'm here to do was really weighing on me. So, um, I don't know. I was just kind of getting depressed and anxious about everything and wondering whether like, you know, do I go and find a different job because like, who knows when I'm going to get back to it or do I just try to like hunker down and wait it out? Mm. And I chose to wait it out, even though like that, that decision was definitely weighing on me every single day. Cause I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Like, but it's like mm-hmm. that one of those things where if you're just sitting around, you just wonder if you're, you're wasting time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, for me, like the best form of like therapy is just to like write stuff down. And um, I did that and I decided to make those uh, little uh, tidbits into songs. So I don't know. It just kind of like helps me keep busy. Like when, I, when I'm sitting yeah. still not doing anything and don't have a project to do, I end up just like, I don't know, I'm getting depressed and anxious and start thinking yeah. negatively when I should just be keeping my mind active and staying busy and doing the things that I love. So I figured, you know, if I can't go out and play music, I might as well work on music at home. Like I'm not jamming with anybody else right now because we're stuck home. So I have the capability to record here. Might as well just try and do it. Yeah. And I don't know if you're anything like me, like for, for whatever reason, like finishing music is the most productive I can feel like I even you know I can I can make money at my job and you know like I can get a lot done at my job but there's nothing like whatever that like boost of confidence is when I finish a song and like I'm just done with it yeah and I think a lot of that comes into the fact that it just takes so much to to write a song you know like it's it's a it's a labor of love and takes a while and it's a lot of rewriting and hours and failure and redoing coming back to it so when you finish that you're like finally fit all the puzzle pieces in the right places and yeah you know you can see the big picture you finally go to bed that one night with that crazy (laughs) idea and you wake up the next morning and it was actually good yep that's always a good feeling yeah did you was there like a polarizing moment where you could just kind of sit back and be like okay the, the ep is done uh, it took a while because there's actually going to be another song on the CP that I, I recorded. I got it mixed and mastered and everything. Got it back. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't, you know, I thought this was done. But now that I'm hearing it in context with everything, like there's some lyrics that like I feel like could be stronger and things like that. Mm. So I ended up not putting it on the release. And um, one of the lyrics in the songs or in the song is uh, Days, Months, Years, Blood, Sweat, Tears. So I was like bummed because I was like, oh, man, that's the title of the record yeah. a good title. but i was like i thought it was a cool title and it still works with all the other uh songs sure. in here so i kept it yeah but, i mean i'm sure i'll release the song at some point i just want to make sure it's as best as it can be instead of just being like excited about releasing a song and releasing it just to release it yeah yeah, yeah. please do i'd love to hear it now like it, it's well documented you know your work with the wonder years and, and cold climate and everything were there any artists that 
influenced you like in the Matt Brash solo record that kind of influenced you in this record compared to the Wonder Years? Because it's obviously like a very different type of sound. Mm-hmm. But um, I, when I was listening to, listening to this, it reminded me of the early November a little bit. So I don't know if that... Okay, that's awesome. I don't know if that was a... Great band. ...influence that you had or not, but I would, I'd, be, I'd be curious to hear about artists that may have influenced this specific sound that you wrote. Yeah, with early November, maybe not directly, but definitely indirectly. I mean, we've... Uh, Wonder Years has worked with Ace a lot. We yeah. actually did a, a couple records with him. So I'm sure indirectly, just like his production style and his um, way that he writes songs has kind of seeped into my brain a little bit just through, um, you know, working with him so much. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands that I listen to that don't necessarily sound like the EP that I put out, but I would say are definitely... Um, influences whether it just be like a lyrical thing here or there sure or um musically and not lyrics you know i just kind of pick and peel different elements from bands that i really love and then i try to also just bring in my own thing without thinking about that too Mm. and then hopefully all of those elements kind of mesh together to make something happen sometimes it's good sometimes it's not like i i write a lot of songs and probably only a small percentage of them actually see the light of day but to answer your question, um, like you were saying earlier, the first song has like a Jimmy World kind of vibe. They're definitely a band that I admire, was listening to a lot. I really love Alkaline Trio. Um, oh, the cool. record, yeah. I don't think the songs sound like Alkaline Trio songs, but as far as like the, the darker lyrical content, that probably mm-hmm. comes into play. Promise Ring, Dry Jacket, That's Origami it. Angel. I really like that band, All Get Out. Mm. Field Medic, which is like kind of like folky singer-songwriter kind of stuff. Sure. But I've been listening to them a lot band called the sidekicks i've been really digging um Oso Oso, a band that one of yours has toured with a bunch um super big fan of the songwriting and the, and just the songs in general nice motion city soundtrack um i guess like manchester orchestra jeff rosenstock nice. death cat for cutie probably i mean i've always Ooh, listened to them since yeah. i was in like you know high school it's one of my biggest so. influences i think sure. naturally but yeah i listen to a lot of different <laughs> stuff so i'm not sure exactly what certain things for certain parts of songs are influenced by, but a lot of those bands, I definitely take a lot of inspiration from, whether it be lyrics or very cool or yeah. music. Very cool. Well, for those who uh, who may or not may remember, may not, you have been on before, and we did an entire episode about Jimmy Eat World. We did. Um, yeah. So the American that mm-hmm. makes sense that you know that yeah, they're like one of my all time favorite bands for sure. Yeah. Two more questions about the EP, and then we will pivot to the game. What are you most proud of about the record? I think, I mean, I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to track everything myself and I was able to just like rely on only myself mm. to get a majority of the work done. I mean, I did have someone else mix it. I had Nick Steinborn mix it. Sure. And I had somebody else master it and somebody else do artwork. But as far as the songwriting and the initial tracking, it was nice to just be able to rely on myself since I wasn't really going anywhere during like the deep COVID yeah. time period. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I, I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about music and recording in the process too. So, oh, that's really awesome. Happy just to be able to keep learning. Well, that, it sounds like it, like in that kind of vacuum of being able to tour, and it seems like it. This was like a very productive and positive. Like, <laughs> if you learn more about yourself, you challenge, you grew. Like, it sounds like it really has been a really positive experience for you. Is this? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of headaches on the way, but overall, I had a fairly good experience with it, and it was therapeutic and i'm really looking forward to making more music again in the future 
Probably and not quite yet, but right, you know. Right. Are you self-releasing this? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm. Is it will it be in, available for for purchase and print or anything? Or no, I'm doing everything digital for this. So um, I have a, a Bandcamp mapbrash.com or mapbrash.bandcamp.com set up and i'm donating 25 percent of the proceeds to uh music cares so i wanted to make sure um i was able to raise enough money you know raise enough money to be able to give them as much as i could i knew if i was doing a vinyl release uh it would be a lot harder to um Mm. you know make make ends meet with like paying for the vinyl and making that money back before i was able to donate so i I wanted to focus getting the vinyl Plus, sure. vinyl's, vinyl's like a six-month process now. All the plants are so bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Matt, I want to say, like, what I'm proud of you for with this album is that you turned a really rough situation to something beautiful. I for mean, sure. like, Thank you. Truly, like, I mean, I, I talked with you, I don't I mean, it was well over a year ago now, and you were you were just talking about how, like, like I, I was struggling, and then one day I decided I'm going to, like, turn this into something, and you just started writing. And you were, I mean, you wrote a lot more than just this EP. Like you said, most of your songs don't see the light of day, but... Yeah, I wrote, um, the past two years, I wrote, like, 40 songs. Yes, my dude. I'm sure some of them will never see the light of day, but wrote a lot, you know? Yeah. Good work, man. That's so cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, these, um, are there any plans in the works to play these songs live? I would love to. I don't have any plans right now just because with, you know, the state of everything, um, it's a a process to find a place to play. And, you know, three months from now, when the show could happen or whatever, it might not even work out. I got to get a band together and do all that. So with my focus being on the new Wonder Years record and doing the uh, touring I have going on with Wonder Years coming up, that's been my main focus. So I think at some point, maybe I'll get out and play the songs, but it's not really a priority right now maybe once i get another ep or have some more songs to play and can play a full set it'll be a you know a game changer so we'll see for sure that'd be awesome do you want to before we move on to the game you want to plug the wonder years um album and everything and the tour that you got going on so people know yeah so we we don't have a date for our upcoming album but um we are done recording it uh we're done mixing it dang uh we're moving on to the mix or the mastering stage soon so there's no real rush to get it out we want to make sure everything's done properly and has uh the right amount of focus to it but um we do have a tour coming up we're playing the album the upsides and another Ooh. album named suburbia i've given you all now nothing um that tour starts february 5th in the united states and uh is about i think seven weeks long so oh. a lot of the tickets are selling out so if you want them get them now for sure. Oh, get them now. For sure. Now, so those are older Ooh. records. Those are like your were those your second and third records? Yeah. So we're the initial idea was we were going to do a tour um, for the ten year anniversary of Upsides, and um, it was going to be coming up on the ten year anniversary for uh, Suburbia since we only released those albums like six months apart. <laughs> uh, got it. Got it. Got it. So yeah, we we're always going to do like the the double LP thing, but then just with COVID, everything got pushed back. So now we're coming up on. I could be wrong, but I want to say it's like 12 and 13 years. That's why wow. wow. oh, yeah. I, I just, just remember this. Um, so I told you how I ran that half marathon yesterday. The yeah. um, Melrose Diner is was on from the upsides was on my half marathon playlist. So I was that rocks. It what got me through, man. It's what got him through, man. It was mile 
It was mile 11 and a half, and they came on, and he said, I can do this. He was like, I hear teenage angst. I'm ready to do this now. <laughs> I, remember that. I remember that video. That was the video. You guys did the music video with, like, the boxing ring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember that, I, uh, that girl, that she's the comedian. Uh, what is her name? Her name's Christina Hutchinson. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She went to North Penn with you all, right? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. So I, that was on my playlist. And then our, like, uh, our one buddy, Charlie, um, plays the main character in that. Yes, the, Charlie. The He's male our, lead, yeah. He's been yep. in a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, he was on Hung. He was on uh, Troll Hunters. He's one of the voices on that. Um, you know, he's been in a handful of uh, movies. Dude's yeah, killing I, it. I see him pop up every once in a while. Still, that's awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So that that yeah. was. Uh, I, I remember. I don't remember what mile it was. It may have been eleven, but it was. <laughs> it was a love to hear, man. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it I've always yeah. loved that 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 track. So cool. Okay, well, um, to pivot. We are going to enter into Blake's game corner, and Matt has always <laughs> been um, very kind with his um, support of Blake's game corner. So um, you know part, me, man. I, I love the games. He, he, yep. he, yes, you guys got game us. Matt was a stickler. He's like, dude, if Blake's game corner isn't happening, I'm not coming on. So we had to make <laughs> yeah. sure um, this was it's a contractual you know, thing. This was like, you know, we had to get him a bunch of yellow M&Ms and we had to play Blake's game plan <laughs> yep, from the Quebec. Yep. Dasani water. For some yes. reason, there's better waters out there. He, <laughs> he wanted Dasani. Um, but God, one of the... all real. <laughs> uh, I, I kid, I kid. But, okay, so uh, we Blake's game corner. Cue the funny music that we have now. In honor. Well, I should say, are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm all I'm, I'm ready. ready. Let's okay. do it. All right. All right. I mean, I think I'm ready. I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. So, in honor of this week's album, Blink-182's Enema of the State, uh, I will be giving you bizarre state trivia, and you will need to guess the state. Oh, um, okay. So, out of all 50 states are eligible, and we will be doing a never-before-done head-to-head format, because uh, it's just Eric and I tonight, and, and, and you, Matt, so... You will take turns answering the question. I have a bonus question if there is a tie. And this has the opportunity to be a history-making round of Blake's Game Corner because we will either have our first musical guest champion or Eric will win Ooh. his second oh, ever man. game. The pressure is on. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm Eric, for you. you got this. Eric has won one other time uh, in the entire year that we have done this show. So, um, to be fair, there are others that, were, <laughs> that have only won like two or three because Adam won almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, uh, but I am terrible at this game. We are going to go. So, uh, history in the making here. Buckle up. Um, are we ready? We're ready. So, yeah, Let's so do it will it. be the name of a state. The answer will the be name the name of the state. state. Yes. Okay, got the it. The name of the state, absolutely. Okay, who would like to go first? Matt? I'll kick it I mean, off. I, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Matt's going to kick it off? Okay, here we go. This southeastern state, just south of the Mason-Dixon line, is surprisingly known as the internet capital of the world. The town of Ashburn has over 5 million square feet of data space, and 70% of all internet traffic comes through this state. It was also home to four of the first five presidents— I guess you could say this capital would be rich with internet memes. What state? <laughs> I feel like that was supposed to be a clue. Uh, I'm going to say Virginia. It is Virginia. Yes. Nice. Man, yeah. That's, All right. that was good because south of the Mason-Dixon line makes me think like the south. But yeah, Virginia's right below it. Good work. Was the rich uh, hint to Richmond? Yes. All right. Uh, okay. I try to good sprinkle one. in little. It didn't, that didn't help me at all. 
<laughs> Matt, you might. Uh, things are looking up for you here. <laughs> All right, one for one. I'll take it. When you said Auburn, I was I was thinking that was uh, North Carolina. I don't know why. Is there an uh, Auburn, North Carolina? I said Ashburn, not oh, Auburn. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe it's maybe it uh, skipped a little bit. There. And uh, Auburn is a college in Alabama. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so that didn't help. Okay, Eric, are you ready? Okay, Just cool. go and we'll right. figure it out. This Northeast is home to the first American pizza shop, which opened in 1905. I love that. Its largest, its largest city, which shares its state's name, has over 1,600 pizza shops alone. Uh, this state's pizza is known for its unique style of crust, flavor, and style of eating a slice, making this handheld food favorite quite convenient when navigating crowded city streets. What? Yeah, that's New State. York. That is New York, correct. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a little easier. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I was trying to make. Well, I guess the Northeastern gave it away, but Chicago also has. Uh, oh, crust, that's true. So. Okay, one to one. Good. <laughs> they got crust. <laughs> all right, Matt, you ready? I'm ready. All right, this Midwestern state shares its border with two Great Lakes and is known as having the most ghosts per capita. This Badger State is a great destination for paranormal and beer enthusiasts alike. Oh, wow. Uh, Michigan. Incorrect. Oh, I was it guessing. It was I... Wisconsin. Oh, man. I should have said that. I was thinking it, and I was like, I bailed last minute. No, I think I, I saw a show saying that Green Bay was like the ghost capital of the world or something. No, I, did, I threw in the Badger State because of the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, when you're talking about beer, I was like, I like a lot of breweries from, from uh, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, Kalamazoo. So I just figured that's okay. what it would be. Okay. All right, Eric, are you ready? One. Yes. Okay. This southeastern state's <laughs> south version has a law forbidding anyone under the age of 18 to play pinball. Luckily, this state provides plenty of coastal beach entertainment for its younger population and tourists. Which state is this? Florida. No. It's Dang South it. Carolina. Ah, yeah, that was, yeah, I got nothing. Wait, did you say it's illegal to play pinball under 18? Yes, you had to be 18 years old to play pinball in South Carolina. I should have known it wasn't Florida. You can do whatever you want in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, there's no According to the internet, that's that's what it says. So we might have to do some airing of grievances next episode if I'm wrong about this. But I tried to give a little hint there where I said this southern state's south version. So North Carolina and South Carolina. Oh, when you said that, it did, it I was just like, what does he mean by that? Yeah. I don't know why that, yeah. I tried to give that was a, little, a good hint. I tried to give it a That's little That's my hint. bad. There's a hint and there's like an additional hint in each question if you try to pick it up. Okay. You're kind. Blake's co- game corner is kind. I I hope so. Kind Be, be <laughs> kind and uplifting. That's why I always tell my students. If they are like roasting each other, I say, is that kind and uplifting? And they say, <laughs> you missed it. No, yes. I don't say that. Okay. One to one. We're back to Matt, yes? Okay. Yep. This western state has a diverse landscape of arid desert, river canyons, and snow-covered rocky mountains, and is the only state in the U.S. to ever turn down hosting the Olympics. The state voted 60% to decline the invitation to host the 1976 Winter Olympics, citing concerns over ballooning costs, pollution, and other side effects of hosting the Games. What state was this? Um, is it Colorado? It is Colorado, yes. All right. No way. Denver, Good job, Denver, man. Colorado had been offered to host it, and they said, nah. What was the hint in that one? 
Uh, Was there just any? the the diverse landscape in the Rocky Mountains? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was also trying to think of somewhere that could host like the Winter Olympics. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's yeah, probably, yeah, probably Colorado. Probably. I was gonna say that kind of describes a lot of Western states with just like every climate, basically. But mm-hmm. but you're okay. yeah. All right, so Matt has two. Eric has one. Ooh, this is getting close. All right, all right, Eric. This is your last question. All right. Oh wait, I forgot to do- wait. No, we got enough. Okay, so two to one. Yes, I have. Okay, yes, I. He's gonna make this up. And it's gonna no, be really no, no, hard. no. I did do it. I did do it right. I'm sorry. I, math is hard sometimes. So sorry. <laughs> Adding, it's brutal. Totally. Okay. Totally. This Midwestern state is the only state whose flag is not a rectangle. the The swallowtail design was adopted in 1902 and features a large blue triangle meant to represent the state's hills and valleys, and stripes meant to symbolize the roads and waterways. A white circle in the middle represents the first letter in the state's name. Whoa. Midwestern state? Yeah, with a, with a circle. <laughs> Wait, you said a circle with the with A, a white circle in the middle represents the state, the first letter of the state's name. Oh, man. I got nothing. Oh, let's guess. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say... I can't even think of the state that I'm trying to say right now. You, I want to give it away. <laughs> I need to look at a map. No, you can't, you can't say anything. Don't say a thing. Can I steal? Um, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I would yeah, go for it. That. If you want to steal, go for it. Yes, no, no, Eric, you got to go first. And then if you don't get I, it. I have, a, I have the bonus question that we'll do for fun anyway. So, okay. Yeah, take a shot in the dark, right. Eric. Yeah, I almost need to look at a map. No, you okay. can't look at a map, bro. No. <laughs> oh, you can't? No. Just it's to, off the dome. I just can't remember what the. I try to forget that that part of the country exists. You, I can guarantee. I can <laughs> guarantee you that you do not forget like Oklahoma. You do not forget about this state. I can guarantee you that you do not have never like this is not a state that you would forget. Never forgotten about this. Not state? even a little bit. <laughs> oh geez, well now I did. Well, I did say Oklahoma already, but is that, um, that's obviously not it because I would have forgotten is about that. Your that final one. answer. I mean, I, I yeah, okay. it's got to be. It was Ohio. It was long. Ohio. Oh, that's not really Midwest. Oh, is that not considered Midwest? <laughs> I guess it's it's starting to be. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's starting to be. That's all okay. right. It's, I go there a lot. I should have at least considered it. Okay. So it looks <laughs> like Matt is the official winner. So that's big time. Yeah, Matt, what were you going to say? Were you going to say Ohio, Matt? I wasn't. What were you going to? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What were you going to say? Well, did you you said Midwest? I said Midwest. Yeah. Yes. Oh, never mind. I was thinking. I was thinking further west. Oh, okay. I was thinking New Mexico. Got first. it, got it, got it. But, yeah, the white circle represents. That's interesting. The, I'll have to look up their the flag. O in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, that makes huh. sense. No, I figured that was the. That's why I couldn't think of Oklahoma. I was like, I know there's a state in the middle <laughs> there that has an O. Well, don't you travel to Oklahoma or Ohio all the time? All that's why I was like, time. you'd not yeah, forget like that this one monthly. exists. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you guys want to hear the last question that I had as a tiebreaker? Just for yeah, okay. sure. Yeah, totally. Avid hunters will be excited to hear that if you see a Sasquatch walking around in this state, you are legally allowed to hunt as many as your heart desires. Since Bigfoot or since Bigfoot are not considered an endangered in this lone state, it is not illegal to hunt a Sasquatch if you are so lucky to encounter one. Texas? Yeah. <laughs> lone state. state. You had it, too. I saw Matt's yeah. face, too. Lone state. Leave we it got to it. Texas. Before you said that, though, I was thinking, I was like, is it Jersey? Because I was thinking, like, Jersey. Uh, but. 
Uh, I don't know. Very yeah, different yeah, thing, yeah. so it doesn't really make sense. But I think you're good at trivia, though. I think you have the knack for it. Uh, made or miss. Depends on the topic, you know? <laughs> but I yeah. enjoy it. Um, I ran these by Michelle, as usual, and she is, you know, like, she teaches American history, and she got, like, every single one without fail. So, cool. Excellent. Well, that's just in time. I know, Eric, you got to leave in a little bit, but Matt, any, um, yeah. anything else that you're excited about that you want to hype as you head out for tour soon? Uh, well, I guess I'll just plug my album one yeah, more time. Uh, so, Days, Months, Years, Blood, Sweat, Tears is out now. And uh, you can get that on Bandcamp, or you can get it on all the streaming services, you know, nice. Spotify, Apple Music. Go to Bandcamp, though. Wherever you get music digitally, you can find it. Give it a listen. Give me some feedback on Instagram if you want, or don't, whatever whatever floats your boat. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a Wonder Years tour coming up, celebrating the Upsides and Suburbia. I've given you all now nothing. Starts February 5th. There's a bunch of dates that the tickets are gone already, and there's a bunch of low ticket count warnings. So if you want them, I suggest getting them sooner than later. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. So come out and celebrate with us. And what was the the organization that you were supporting with through this? Music Cares. So Music Cares um, is an organization that supports music or musicians through uh, times of hardship and uh, helps with medical um, expenses and things like that. And also helps with, um, like I said, any kind of thing that uh, a musician would need help with in a, a hard time, whether that be, you know, help with your mortgage payment or whatever. So yeah, uh, well. they've helped a lot of my friends over the past year throughout the pandemic. So um, I just thought it would be a really great organization to try to give For back sure. to. Absolutely. For sure, man. It's, it's close Absolutely. to home. And if you leave Matt sure. a comment that's mean, we will come and we'll track you down and kick your ass. So oh, don't do it. We will. <laughs> if if we only kick your ass, you're lucky. And I know you can't it see. It could get you worse. Might not, Thanks for having me back, guys. You might not know what Eric and I look like, <laughs> but we are definitely guys who are big enough to kick people's asses. We'll sneak <laughs> up at you at the mall and we'll beat you up in front of your kids. No. We, Blake will. I'll, I'll probably just kind of be like staying off to the no, side. No, we won't. We but, won't much love to to much love to Matt. Much love to the Wonder Years. Um, thanks for coming on again, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, All right, man. Hey, good luck. Yeah, I'm going to try to make it out to that Houston show and give you a yeah, thumbs maybe up. I'll see in Tampa. Give you a thumbs great. up from from my seat or whatever. Yeah, hit me up. I'll put you All on right, the list. Good man. All right. Hey, Heck yeah. gentlemen. Have a fantastic night. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. Take it easy, yeah. guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you for listening to Back in the Cool Day.